When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final word daily, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon looking at the England-New Zealand Test Series. First test at Lord's Day 2 where New Zealand put themselves into a pretty good position with the bat. Jeff, tell us all about it in the space of 30 seconds. It started as Devon Conway day 136 when he resumed and, and he kept going on but then wickets started to fall at the other end as Mark Wood bowled quick and then Ollie Robinson got a couple and New Zealand lost four for six at one stage. Conway kept going towards 200 and got there with the last man Neil Wagner got a 378 was it on the board for New Zealand uh, and then a couple of quick wickets the openers went uh, but in New Zealand two for 111 at the close. Yeah, the second day in a row we've had a wicketless final session. So New Zealand really did have England on the ropes at 25 for two. But let's start where we left off last night, Jeff, with Devin Conway. Uh, the way he brought up that double hundred, the, the, it wasn't quite a top edge, but it nearly was over the long leg rope on 194. A, a remarkable achievement at the first time of asking for so many different reasons. But holding that whole innings together, the one thing, the one shame in, in some respects is that mm-hmm. he didn't get to carry his back because, boy, he deserved to. I did it Conway. Uh, I was sort of wondering towards the end as he was getting towards the 200, batting with Wagner, uh, nine wickets down. I was thinking, why isn't he pulling out a few more of his T20 shots? Because we've seen how expansive he could be. Mm. Um, But he did have a couple of sparkling drives through the covers in the 180s, 190s. And then he did play that one big hook shot and he got the big top edge on it. It wasn't quite short enough to play that shot, um, but he played it T20 style, uh, got all of the edge on it and sent it over the rope for six. Yeah, it might be partly on account of the fact that Neil Wagner played so well. I mean, some of those drives mm. through the offside, the clip through mid-wicket, the extraordinary inside-out over extra cover for six. <laughs> I mean, of the first 21 runs they put on together, Wagner had 20 of them rather than the other bloke who'd been batting for a day and a half. <laughs> It was it was beautiful to see, um, and there was, you know, you're expecting the clouting in the New Zealand lower order to come from Southie foremost and, and Jameson second, but um, neither of them made a huge impression with the bat. But it was it, it was Wagner who had the crispest shots of the day, I suppose. But it was it looked a long way from that at the start. He resumed with Henry Nichols, who brought up a half century, mm. and uh, as was observed to me by a friend of the show, uh, Nichols seemed determined to give them nothing to work with on a highlights reel for his half century. It was very, <laughs> very sturdy, uh, very uh, very unflashy, uh, but he did enough of a job to, to, to make that 50, and then he just couldn't help going for the pull shot against Mark Wood. And, and that was this was the moment where Mark Wood's value became clear because he hasn't had a great test record in England. He's, he's had a much better record overseas. But when there was nothing happening for England with their more premier sort of swing bowlers and seam and movement bowlers. It was Wood just bowling quick um, and blasting them out and suddenly he picked up three in a hurry.
Yeah, and look, I think he bowled really well yesterday, Wood. He created plenty of half opportunities and his short ball looked so potent, bowled so quickly, but luck wasn't his way. And he feels like an un- unlucky bowler to me periodically, but the luck did change today, mm. as you say, when, when things were drifting. At one stage, Mike Atherton said on television that New Zealand were in a good position to bat England out of the game, and it certainly felt that way. That pair uh, of Conway and Nichols put on 174 for the fourth wicket. Of course, the, mm. the wicketless final session yesterday, they, the first 50 minutes of today, they didn't lose a wicket they basically gotten through the start of the second new ball and then one mm-hmm. brought two two brought three three brought four the collapse of four for six so I think they ended up taking uh, five for 28 or something like that either side of the lunch break yeah. and all, all told today I think it was about seven for 130 for New Zealand largely because of what Wagner and Conway were able to do at the end but yeah Wood with three Robinson with four it could have been five if not for Stuart Broad dropping a catch at mid-off we'll come mm-hmm. to Robinson in a bit in a bit more depth I suppose but uh, I thought it was a, a fantastic struggle especially the first session a really high quality session of test match cricket it was um, it was so much down to the extra pace factor because you know that was a factor in the pull shot that went to hand, um, but then even more so BJ Watling, uh, the wicketkeeper, who's played so many tough long innings, he was out for one just because Woods' pace angled in at his pads uh, seemed away just a little bit as well. Uh, there was some movement yep. off the surface, and Watling was just trying to casually turn a ball away to the leg side and, and got almost a leading edge in the end into the slip cordon. So. And it, and it went at serious pace uh, to Dom Sibley in the cordon as well, who who hung on to it. It was all just a factor of pace. And then Mitchell Santner was just trying to play a forward defensive shot, and the ball was travelling so quickly that it checked off the face of the bat um, straight to yeah. extra cover where, where Anderson held the catch. And so if you're just trying to play a forward defensive and the guy's too fast for you to even do that without risking being caught in front of the wicket, let alone behind the wicket, um, that, that's some pretty serious wheels and, and a pretty serious option for England to have in the back pocket. Yeah, and I thought that was excellent captaincy from Root as well. They moved the extra man back for the short ball after Santner looked a bit uncomfortable earlier in the over and a fraction fuller mm-hmm. drawing him into the drive and that chip to James Anderson at short cover. And you say the ball to BJ Watling, what a screamer from wide of the crease, quick angling in at middle stump. So Watling thinks he can play comfortably down the slope mm-hmm. uh, through mid-wicket, but instead it just squared him up nicely and a really good snaffle from um, Dom Sibley at second slip. So uh, in terms of Conway, I thought it was worth rattling off a few of the, the finer points Statistically, so excuse me for pulling out my notes here, but um, the seventh highest score on debut of all time, uh, the second opener um, to make a double century on debut. He made 59, uh, 52.91% of the runs, which in terms of debuts, that's the second highest ever, behind, of course, Bannerman with his 67.35 in the first test match ever played. Um, the second New Zealand double century at Lords after Martin Donnelly in 1949, the highest debut score ever made against England, overtaking George Headley at 19... 19- in 1930 when he made 176 at Bridgetown and ever so close Jeff to being the first centurion uh, to carry their bat on debut in a test match so taken as a whole I think that that knock will go down as one of the truly great innings not only at Lords but uh, uh, for any player on debut anyway yeah, and, and two other things to add to that. I'd like to make sure Michelle Gosco goes in the mix who made a double hundred on test debut in, in women's tests, which wasn't yep. uh, included in all of the lists. But also that uh, in terms of runs made at Lords on debut across an entire test match, Devon Conway's got more than anybody else and he's only had one innings. So <laughs> Andrew, Str- Andrew Strauss made 195 runs in his 
test debut at Lords with 100 in the first innings and 80 odd in the second innings um, got to 195. Mm. Conway, Conway's got to 200 and he's still got another chance to bat uh, potentially later in the test match or well something would have to go pretty crazily um, from this point for him not to, <laughs> to have to bat again in the test match. So you know it, it just an extraordinary effort for him he's someone who's waited such a long time for it um, got them to an imposing score and then it was the other new guy you know Jameson who's played a, mm. a half a dozen test matches in New Zealand is his first outing outside of New Zealand and he picked up the first wicket with swing and with pace um, a couple of umpires calls on, on the review for Dom Sibley but it it hit him in front it looked pretty adjacent um, and it I wouldn't have had any arguments with it had there been no DRS certainly uh, with the umpire giving that one out. Yeah, at the start of January, I tweeted something to the effect of, I can't wait to see Jameson uh, playing in the World Test Chat. World Test Championship final at Lord's Bowling down the slope. Well, it's not the WTC final and it's not uh, it's not quite the same conditions because he went up the slope. He went from the, the nursery end, but nevertheless, mm. he was very effective early on. The fact that he'd never bowled a ball in England in a match until today, other than the intra-squad last week, he'd only spent a couple of days in the country, but looks born to bowl uh, with that Duke's ball. So that was the incision. That was Dom Sibley. And then the second wicket to fall, uh, Zach Crawley. That was, I mean, a combination of bad batting, not to let that go, but also fantastic Fantastic bowling from Southie to go mm. wide of the crease, having bowled very close to the stumps until that point, uh, and and offering him a chance to drive with a ball that was much wider than the outswingers that came before it. Thin edge uh, through to the keeper, Watling, and it gave them two early wickets. But as it turned out, uh, Rory Burns, who's been in very good form in the county championship, he's made seven scores above 50 in the last seven games. Well, he did so again, 59 not out at stumps. And Joe Root, who had, was bombarded for a while mm. there by, by Wagner, who went the short pitch approach not long before stumps but he handled it pretty well well he went the short pitch approach against Burns um, particularly because you know he had trouble against the Australians in 2019 with the short yep. ball at one point Adam New Zealand and I counted this had six fielders out on the hook Six. <laughs> they had, they had three of them just in front of square, but it, sort of different variations of of square legs in different depth. Um, they had a couple behind square. They, they had players up close to the pitch. So on the leg side, there were there were literally three men on the offside, and everybody else was out there for some variation of the hook or the pull or the fend or the top edge somewhere or other, um, and it still didn't work. And 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 then trying the short pitched approach to Joe Root outside his off stump there was a, a cut shot that he played through the gully late in the day that was just you know a, among uh, the most picturesque shots that I've seen him play just leaned back he had two catches there waiting on the cut shot and just split it between them perfectly uh, for four so uh, Joe Root particularly looked in magnificent touch outside his off stump Okay, let's take a break and when we return player of the day will be the same guy again uh, the Woodstock Hall of Fame and we'll say goodbye Woodstock Cricket, home of the finest handmade cricket bats and soft goods. Visit either our showroom or workshop and experience the magic for yourselves. For bookings, contact info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Final word daily, day two at Lords, England and New Zealand. Player of the day is Devon Conway. Jeff, anything further to add or have we said everything we can possibly say about a debutante? <laughs> Well, maybe it is, or maybe it's Mark Wood, because the player of the day isn't necessarily the number one biggest and grandest true, achievement, true. But, but maybe it's the player who had the biggest influence. Because at, at three for 288, um, as you 
referred to earlier, there was every chance that New Zealand goes to 450, 500 from there, um, bats England out of the game utterly, and it really sets it so that the result can only go one way. The fact that Wood was able to force an opening um, and, and then continue to, to push through that gap, you know, continue to, to, to widen the, the cracks in the defences of the New Zealand side. He changed the game today. And so he, I'd be thinking about throwing his name in for, for that award. Yeah, not a bad shout. I'll cop that. I'll always support anything positive about Mark Wood. Uh, the Woodstock Cricket Hall of Fame. I've got a couple mm-hmm. of anti-Hall of Fame nominations, Jeff. I, I don't like okay. doing it this way, but we, we may as well set the precedent early in the series that I'm entitled to do this when I see fit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we've got to get rid of the celebrity appeal. Uh, I, I think the Stuart yep. Broad thing, it's been fun. I've indulged in it. We've all had fun on Twitter, but that wasn't right. The way he charged down the pitch today with a ball that was missing leg stump by a second set. I think I've seen enough, <laughs> I've seen enough of it in camp. County cricket uh, this yeah. year. I've seen enough of it there to know that what a, what an absolute nightmare it must be umpiring yeah. club cricket because people do take their cues from international players. So I'm not sort yeah. of having a go at Stuart Broad. I just think that now is the time to, to rein that back in and start appealing the right way. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's the, my first the, one. <laughs> the, the, the way that went, that ball was umpire's call for hitting in line with the stumps on the leg stump, as in it almost hit him outside the line of leg stump. It was going that that's far right. down. <laughs> and, yeah. and Stuart Broad was still thinking that it was a, a lay down misere. So, and, and, I don't, it, and I should add, I don't mind Stuart Broad thinking it's out, by the way. That, that's, he's totally entitled to make a vociferous appeal. You can but ask. He has to turn around. And, you have to, yeah, you can, of course, you can ask the yeah. question. I'm cool with that. Mm. Um, you can think it's out and, and have the mm-hmm. umpire say no and the captain let you review yep. it all or whatever combination that you see fit. But, yeah, it's becoming a bit of a problem across the board. And, yeah, I love the way Stuart Broad goes about it. He brings so much mm. to the game. That's just one thing I think we need to wind back. The other thing, 79.2 overs with bowl today, Jeff, 86 mm. yesterday. Um, I mean, you know, I bang on about it all the time, but why can we get 96 overs in in first-class cricket every day without a problem? Mm-hmm. And why can we never even come close to 90 in test cricket, even with the extra yeah. half an hour? It just doesn't, just doesn't tally. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't scan at all. Um, the extra half hour is taken as a given, and even then we don't get to ninety. And so, look, something either either stop being unrealistic about uh, how many overs are going to get bowled. Like if it's not going to be ninety, well, admit it um, and and change that, or <laughs> come up with some. There has to be a way that can be effective because financial penalties are not effective, and we're all bored with talking about it but it keeps coming up in terms of things that should go into the hall of fame uh, for a good reason though now we talked a little bit mm-hmm. about neil wagner's batting but to go into that in just a little more depth the way that he walks out at nine down with a bloke on about mm-hmm. 170 at the other end and instead of thinking i'm just going to block a few out and try to hang around here he thinks i will play the most polished audacious mm. but but beautiful looking shots there were no slogs there were no heaves uh, there were a couple of sort of whooshy kind of pull shots when Mark Wood was bowling bounces at him but aside from that the way he got up on the balls of his feet to punch off the back foot through cover he did it to James Anderson then he lumped Stuart Broad down the ground for six um, over the top of mid off but the one he played against Mark Wood they brought Mark Wood back to bowl at the number 11 mm. thinking alright we'll rough him up with pace here the first one's short it's sharp. It's just a bit outside the off stump. And Wagner goes, oh, no, I'll just hop up and punch that off the back foot through cover as well. That was the shot of the day for mine, despite anything that Conway yep. did. And that's the Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, I think it's the shot of the test match. I'd go further. I mean, it was an extraordinarily beautiful bit of cricket. Um, he must be the most accomplished number 11 on the, on the circuit, if not uh, one of the more accomplished number 11s we've ever seen, really, in test mm. cricket. He was beautiful today. That inside-out over extra cover. I mean, the knee was nearly kissing the turf a la Kim Hughes, and the flourish after he made contact was with the big backswing was like Brian Lara. I mean, you rarely say that about a number 11. So um, I'm very happy to put <laughs> Neil Wagner uh, in the Woodstock Cricket Hall of Fame. And that might be where we leave it, Jeff, with England in arrears yep. by 267 runs. Stumps, they're 111 for two with Burns, 59, Root, 42. Thanks for watching or listening. This has been the final word daily. Uh, England, New Zealand, we'll be doing this throughout the series. Drop us a line on Twitter or find us on Patreon or take a look at our other podcasts that we make. Until then, good night.